You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. I'll be sitting down with people and business owners that have a deep love for the outdoors and who help to fuel the spirit of adventure in these mountains. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. Today on the mic is Earl B. Hunter Jr. He's the founder and president of Black Folks Camp 2. He is an experienced sales and business leader across multiple industries, and Black Folks Camp 2 combines all of his previous sales and leadership roles with his passion for the outdoors. But the mission has a greater purpose, and it's reflective in his company's logo. Get people outside where they can sit around a fire to break down barriers and create more inclusive communities and build stronger relationships. And at the core of Earl's heart is to encourage more black families to build memories and strengthen family bonds. Earl, it is so good to have you here. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to connect, brother. Right on, my friend. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me. And um, it's a beautiful day, um, beautiful month, beautiful year uh, with some twists and turns. Yeah. But, uh, we're going to think the glass half full rather than half empty, my friend. That's right. That's, I That's right. So. Well, every conversation I have with you, that's very, very evident, man. I wish I could just have a recorder in my pocket every time we talk. Because right over. I tell that's people, the real man, rich stuff. Well, I tell people all the time, man, I've never had a bad day in my life, man. I've had some some bad moments, but I've never had a bad day. That's never. Awesome. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, let me think about that. No, I've never had a bad day, man. <laughs> never, ever. So thank you for having me. Oh, man. man I look forward to chatting with you, man. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, so there, there are so many different ways that we can go in this conversation. Right on. One of the things that I want to do use as sort of a jump off point is a trip that you had that really, last time we talked, it kind of set the tone, was one of the pieces that sort of set the tone for what you're doing now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was a unique Really, a bucket list three month camping trip. Right on. So, so my son and I. So, uh, back in two thousand and, um, I would say right around sixteen. Right around no, it actually was seventeen. Sorry, uh, two thousand seventeen. My son and I, uh, I had been traveling around the country, right, uh, building, helping build a company. Um, and so, when you, my my method of work, how to build a company. Um, a, a small company was to get in it and go do it right mm-hmm. until we are able to find individuals or build enough revenue. We're going to actually have people to, um, to go out on the road. Well, until you do that in order to increase that revenue and get the revenue and actually drive a company, uh, in, in different spaces, what you have to do is somebody has to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that somebody was me being the vice president of sales at this particular company. And so my job, was to go out and drive the business. So I took that very personal. I took that to be a very, um, uh, um, uh, it was a it was an awesome feeling to be needed in that space, but mm-hmm. also to get it done. And so doing that, I traveled close to 300,000 miles or more around North America, drove wow. around North America. And wow. when I say North America, please include Canada, um, the great white north, um, going from North Carolina to Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia to uh, BC, uh, BC to, um, San Diego, San Diego to Florida and all in between, right? Going there and driving it. When you do that, you are away from your family and your children. I have two children. And, um, in January of 2017, I'll never forget my son coming to me and saying, dad, uh, you always tell me to talk that talk and walk that walk. Well, I've been asking you about going to Mount Rushmore 
And what you've been really doing is just talking because we hadn't gone yet. <laughs> and I looked at him, got a funny. I was like, man, this dude is calling me on the carpet. That's right. Right? And so at that particular time, at that moment, I made a decision that uh, not only was I going to take my son on this amazing trip, but I was going to show also show him what I do when I'm out there. Because he made another statement. He said, you're always on vacation. Oh, wow. Right? And him not knowing that yeah. uh, and not being able to explain that to him, I can see where a kid is thinking his father's not home every day and he has a camper. He would think I'm on vacation, right? <laughs> right, right. I'm calling him from these cool spots that I'm in, you know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're at this place. You're at this place, right? Yeah. And so we made a pact. Um, the day he, uh, the last day of school, I picked him up the last day of school. Uh, we went over and picked up a, the camper. Put him, put the small camper behind the truck, and we uh, had my daughter. We drove, we we drove to Chicago, dropped my daughter off uh, at the uh, in-laws, and my son and I proceeded to go uh, fourteen thousand miles. Wow! Three months, forty-nine campgrounds, and twenty states, and it was uh, as of today, because I've done a lot of things in my life. As of today, it was the greatest trip. The greatest feeling mm. uh, with my children or my child I've ever ever had. Man. Wow. I learned who my baby was. Wow. Right? Yeah. I, I taught my son how to swim. Right. I taught my son how to climb a mountain. My son taught me that a bison is different from a buffalo. Nice. Right. Um, we 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 met families. We met all types of folks. But what really drew drew this this trip uh, into the portrait that it is today is that um, we met a family in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, it was a black family. It was the only black family we had seen in the entire trip wow. at a campground. And so we were so far different, too. They had a big motorhome, a big Integra. i never forget it. It was uh, burgundy, had um, taupe interior. It was beautiful. I can remember when it stopped, and I, you can hear the, the, uh, the sounds of the air brakes. When they saw us, we locked eyes, right? right. And then uh, they got off the bus, uh, we had some amazing communication, amazing conversations, uh, and I had a conversation uh, with the, the wife of the family. Her name was Kim, and I told her that, you know, I'm in the industry. I'm in the RV industry, in the outdoor industry, and I said that uh, I'm probably one of the only blacks in the uh, black people in the executives in the industry, and I, I think I'm the only black executive, sales and marketing executive in the RV industry, which mm -hmm. is a $141 billion industry, wow. and at that particular time, uh, she she did something to me that you pretty much probably shouldn't do to me. Uh, she challenged, challenged me. Challenged yeah. She challenged me to change it. And so uh, it's been my quest mm. to to change it. It's been my quest to get more black folks, not only just into the industry, but into the lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, because it's so important. Right. Well, it is so important. And, and you're exactly right. And knowing you, you're definitely going to rise to the to the challenge and the occasion. Absolutely. But what we need to jump right into is right. what are the reasons why? Mm -hmm. so, what are the you reasons know, that black people are not camping? You know, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, as I'm a th methodically thinking, um, you know, I always I like to speak on facts versus speaking on opinions um, because everybody has an opinion, but most people don't have facts. Mm. And so I had to really understand um, a lot of the reasons why black folks do not camp. There were a lot of reasons where people said they, they black folks said they didn't camp. There was a lot of reasons that most white folks thought that they knew why black folks didn't camp. Mm. And it seems like all the reasons why black folks didn't camp or why black folks thought they didn't camp or told me they didn't camp ver versus 
uh, all the reason why white folks or the industry, and I say white folks because the industry, and let's just keep it real. So right, right. Sugarcoat on any, I, I don't like to sugarcoat anything. That's right. I don't like to. I, I, I tell her these are these are true comments. I don't like to hold back. Uh, the industry is about ninety percent white. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep it real. It's probably one of the most segregated industries in the world, right? Um, the 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 lifestyle is. 89.9% white, right? Mm-hmm. Not only just the, the the lifestyle of camping, but outdoor lifestyle, period. Right. And, you know, and so what happens is, is that when I started asking these questions on why uh, different black folks, why you don't camp, it, the, the answers always are kind of sugarcoatish. Yeah, I don't like to go camping because of bugs. And I'm like, well, you don't like to go camping because of bugs? Well, you go to cookouts every day. <laughs> so these are the same bugs, though. Right. Yeah, I know. And so I, when I started to drill down and really start to dig into this thing, I had to go back to my own experiences mm-hmm. on why I didn't go camping until I actually started to be an executive five years ago at a company that sold campers. Mm-hmm. And the reasons, uh, the number one reason was, is that my great-grandmother would tell us never to go in the woods. Mm-hmm. She would say, don't go over in those woods, those boogie, the boogeyman's out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I never thought, who the boogeyman? Well, she didn't mind us going fishing. She didn't mind us going um, uh, maybe hunting, hunting, which I never did, but she didn't mind us going fishing, but don't stay in those woods. When it get dark, you need to come out of those woods. And it's because of learned behavior. It's generational fear. Yeah. That's the number one thing that keeps black folks from really enjoying the outdoors. Mm. And so when you have generational fear of some of the most heinous things, one, some of the most uh, absurd things that happened in the woods uh, to black folks, and when you have your your ancestors telling you every generation not to go in the woods, you'll never go, right. right? The second thing is, is that when you don't go in the woods and when you don't like to go in the woods or when you're told not to go in the woods because of certain reasons, you never want to learn about that. Mm-hmm. No one wants to learn about the boogeyman in the closet, right? Nobody wants to even talk about that, right? And so... That quite essentially what happens is the industry passed us by, like because we didn't want to learn it because we didn't want to talk about it. So when we were thinking, just man, it's tent camping. I'm not tent camping in those woods. They're bad. <laughs> we 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 didn't see pop up tent campers, cabins. We didn't see uh, travel trailers. We didn't see toy haulers. Yeah. We didn't see motorhomes, cabins. We didn't see any of that stuff. It just passed us by, mm-hmm. right? And so no knowledge. But the third thing is, is the one big thing that I focus on a lot because I was in this particular space is the industry. Mm. The industry up until probably maybe this year or last year really has focused on inviting us Mm. inviting black folks and not just putting a face on a billboard, but to really truly understand and have some empathy on why black folks have not camped. And it's very profound when you really dig down into the understanding of why black folks do not camp or why a a lot of black folks do not camp, because here's the thing, our logo says it all Mm. black folks camp too. Yeah. Many people miss the T O O part. Mm. And that's why we get into so much on our website and our Instagram and our places where you have people come on and say, you guys are just trying to divide and be divisive and be by yourselves. I'm like, we're doing just the opposite. My friend. Yeah. Two means that black folks camp, black folks will camp, have camp, and do camp. Yeah. So where is all the animosity coming from, right? Uh, and normally it's from folks who do not camp. Oh, because everyone who, who, who does camp 
they know they don't see that many black folks out there. Right. 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 They, they know that for sure. And so um, when you dig down to those three reasons, you, you really have to step back and say to yourself, as an industry, well, we, as an industry, we like to make money. This is an ROI and not a kumbaya, mm. right? Why wouldn't you go after that kind of dollar? Why wouldn't you go after $1.3 trillion a year spent by black folks and we only make up 14% of the population, wow. of the whole population? Why wouldn't you do that? And me, as a black male, thinking, being in the industry, I do not think this is a race thing. I don't think, I do not think that, right? right. It, it may be, but I don't think that. Right, right. I think it is a, uh, the, same, the same reasons why the industry has not gone after black folks in regards to inviting us is the same reason why black folks haven't camped hmm. at, at, as much. Afraid, the industry is afraid that they may say something they, 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 they shouldn't say, or they're afraid to dig down into the reasoning on why black folks have not camped. Secondly, they don't have any knowledge of why black folks don't camp or don't camp as much. They have not really dug deep enough to even find out. They may not have wanted to know because when you are in business, you focus on the 80 versus the 20, mm. right? And black folks will be the 20% of it because we are the, uh, the minority of that particular space. Focus on your base. I get it. But secondly, though, it's because they never really invited themselves to to the table to have the conversation. And then if it was, and if it, when it's when the conversation is had, it's always from a space of surface mm. and not beneath, yeah, and not underneath the surface. Because if you if you really understand this, that's a hard topic to talk about when you understand the three reasons, the bigger reasons why black folks hadn't camped as a white person who's on the other side of the aisle, your heart has to, has, to, has to turn a bit knowing that there are people out there who are afraid to enjoy the outdoors because they don't, they're afraid of the people who are in the outdoors. Yeah. You, you got to be, if you, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you don't, I have to understand it on both sides. Yeah. Right? I have to feel for black folks, but I have to also feel for white folks, man, who look at that situation and like, man, that's, that's hard to understand. That's hard to hear. I need to hear that from somebody else other than this guy. And then when they hear it from somebody else, oh, it's, it's tough to hear, yeah. right? But the only way, the only way we fix it is we have to start somewhere and drive it, man. Mm. We have to drive that fear out. We have to add some knowledge. And we have to invite folks. That's right. Right? It, well, if you, you remember the very first conversation that you and I ever had. Yeah, and man. And you were asking me these three questions or what I thought my perception of the yeah. three were. I think I got the first one right. Yeah, got the first just, one right. But it, it came with a story, too, and mm -hmm. that was William Johnson. He was one of the gentlemen who worked for me at the University of Tennessee, Memphis. And right. remember, we came out with the barbecue, yep. and as it got dark, he said, I got to go. Yep. And I had no idea what William was talking about. Right. And we were standing at my car at that time, and he said, no, I've, I've got to go. Right. And it was the very first time that – I think I was put into a situation, well, probably the second time in my life, mm -hmm. but the first time as an adult, I was put into a situation where I said, you know what, I have to completely suspend my frame of reference right now because this is not just him having to get back to Memphis, downtown right. Memphis. This is him not wanting to be in the area, in the area right. that I am, mm -hmm. which was completely urban, right. but I was right on the border of literally 
it was border uh, state border road or something like this, right. Mississippi and Tennessee. Right. So, so we know. Understood. You know, and then so, yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying. The, the, but the thing I love about you, right. right? There's a lot of things, and the more we talk, the more I love about right. you. But um, you're not going to stay surface, and so no, we, we can't. You, we, you 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 can't listen. When you baking a man, when you baking a beautiful cake, right? Or were you make? Were you were you putting a garden out there? You have to prepare the soil, right? Yeah. The, when you're baking a cake, man, I love making pound cakes. I have to prepare the the bunt pan with some. I have to make sure it's buttered, right, in that pan. So my cake, when it forms, it can plop right out, right, when I flip it over. Same thing with the soil in the uh, in with the uh, the, the garden. Mm. The soil has to be right to get good vegetables or fruit out of it. Right. And otherwise, what you'll do is, if you try to do it from the surface, you're gonna miss, mm. right? If you if you don't if you're not watering your grass, you're not putting the right seeds down, you burn your grass up, or you you just things do not grow unless they're prepared properly. And in order for the industry to get this right, we have to dig deeper. And it's going to hurt, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to hurt everyone. It's going to hurt. But after the rain is gone, man, we all the sunshine comes. And then we get to the real reason why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not to just to get black folks to camp with black folks. Right. It, we, we didn't build this company. I didn't start this company so I can say, hey, black folks. Come on over here. It's time for us to go camping over here by ourselves. We don't have to be with them. Just come by ourselves. That's not how you change the world, my friend. Mm. That's not it. Amen. What you do is you, what we do is we encourage and and, and invite and share knowledge and remove fear from black folks so they can camp with any and everyone. Because the moment black folks start to come closer to the campfire, because most white folks in regards to camping are already there, right? Right. We will have some of the most amazing conversations Absolutely. that we've ever had. That's right. That's right? right. And if you really think about that in this space, especially in the era we're in right now, the one of the biggest reasons, probably the number one reason why America, why we're in such a, a space right now of feeling like unrest or feel like a weird space other than COVID is because um, we haven't been communicating. Mm-hmm. We haven't been talking about the tough things. Mm-hmm. We've been surface, man. We've been we've been we we've been looking at the person over there go through some tough times, and then we just kind of go back to our house mm-hmm. and get in our house and say, you know, not me. I ain't got to deal with that. But really, we all have to deal with it. That's man. right. We have to deal with that. We have to deal with it from a um, from the uh, the bottom up. That's that's what anything foundation. Right. Right. You can't build a house, man, without having the foundation good. That's right. And so our foundation is not good right now. Yeah. And we have to smooth it out. So we are how many months into this venture with so, Black? So Black Folks Camp 2 started, man. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I love this because um, I try not to get emotional about this, but I always do uh, in a lot of ways. You know, um, there was an article that came out in um, 2019, last year. October the 5th, I'll never forget this, is an article came out from a company, from RVIA, and it had me in there, and it said that Earl Hunter was shaking up the industry. And it was a, it was a cool article to read, because here I am, f- four years into this industry, never been camping in my life, never wanted to go camping before this. 
I started to fall in love with camping. I started to fall in I started to fall in love with the industry. I was getting my foot right, getting my feet right. You know, we drove a company from a million dollars to 17 and a half million in four years. I'm feeling good, man. Feeling really good. But still in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, ain't no black folks in the in the in in the in the industry or in the lifestyle, you know? Even after taking that trip with my son, you know. And having this, the company name in the back of my head, you know. Really? So yeah. you had this? Yeah, You've been it started hang, hanging in my head a little bit, you know. Not really, not really uh, acting on it, but really just trying to figure this thing out. Um, when that article came out, though, I, I knew it was time for me to uh, just depart mm. because I knew then that somebody out there was watching me, right? Somebody was watching me um, build a company, right? They, 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 they. They, uh, as a matter of fact, they called me and they said, we're going to do this article on you because we've been watching you. And they wrote this beautiful article and, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome to read because it then kind of gave me the reassurance that it's going to be okay for me to leave a high profile position to go start something that was totally new, almost like an anomaly. Mm. So August 5th, the article came out August 27th. I made a transition. Wow. October the 10th is when I launched the company. Wow. And um, I launched the company on the stage at the Outdoor Economy Conference in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, October the 10th. I was the master of ceremony there. And I can remember how I launched the company. And now that I'm in studio, I think I'm going to tell you how I launched the Please. company. Please, yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite singers uh, is uh, Sam Cooke. Oh, here we go. And one of their favorite songs is uh, A Change Gonna Come. Okay. And I said to the crowd, a change is going to come uh, when more black folks start to camp. And as I looked over the crowd, there was probably about 500 white folks in the building, right? There were four black folks. There was myself. I consider myself a good times kid, if, <laughs> if your listeners are, are young enough to understand that. Uh, living a Huxable lifestyle in a way. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, two other young ladies. One was from Harvard and one was from Dartmouth. And of course, I'm out in their league education-wise. Uh, and then there was the uh, the parks, uh, the director of the state parks in North Carolina was there. He's a black fellow as well. And um, here I am on stage. I have everybody's attention. And so I said, uh, I was born by the river in a little tin. Just like the river I've been running yeah, ever since. It's been a long, long time coming, but I know and I know change gon' come, yeah, 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 yeah. And right after that, man, it was applause, people were applauding, and I said to them right after that, the industry, the industry, more black folks are going to come into the industry. And then keep in mind, my friend, this was an outdoor economy yeah. conference. Keep the word economy in there, yeah. right? And so if you look over the room, this building does, did not look like America, mm. right? This building didn't look like America currency. It didn't look like America's economy. Mm. It didn't, I didn't see enough representation of $1.3 trillion that mm. black folks spend every year. Mm. And so when you think about the economy and you think about the outdoor industry, which is an $870 billion industry, 
do you not want to go get black folks money? I mean, I would. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> why why wouldn't you want to do that and change the world? Yeah. You yeah. change the world yeah. because you now you invite a new a new demographic into a uh, a industry or a lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah, perfect. That a lifestyle that we really don't know nothing about. Mm. No skiing, mountain biking, canoeing, kayaking, archery, um, camping. Yeah. Anything outdoors, yeah. we are very minimal. Very, very minimal. And it's not because we don't have money. It's not because we don't have time. And it's not because we don't have families. And it's not because we're not interested. You you can't be interested in something that you, you never know. really know about. Amen. How can you? You can't. Right? You don't know what you don't know. I believe that you have to feed people or have to offer them food and then let them smell the food, look at it, see if it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, smell good. He's eating it. Let me try it. Right? Maybe you eat the food and the food don't taste good, though. Right. And then you spit it out and walk away. But maybe you eat the food and it's yummy. You continue to want to eat. Yeah. And then you, what you do is when you find something yummy and you got a recipe that is not a, it's a recipe that's really good. And you want, what you do is you share it with somebody mm. and, or you invite them over to have dinner with you so you can share your recipe. That's right? right. And what that does is now you build a community of like-minded individuals. Yeah. And the moment we get black folks, white folks yeah. and everyone else in a like-minded space, which is camping because we right now, now, right now, as of the day is July 13th, mm-hmm. 2020, COVID is here and it's rocking right up in here. Right. The only place we really can go is go out is the outside. That's right. But here's what's the, here's the caveat to that, man. Here's, here's what people have to understand. This is how I tell people, I don't twist arms mm-hmm. for people to do what they, what I think they should do. I twist hearts. And Good. so when you think about this, most executives that I've been in my space, I've been an executive for a while. And I used to, I would ask the guys would say, man, I'm going, I'm, I'm about to go, uh, I'm going to some kind of outdoor activity, man, to get my mind off of things. At the time, I didn't know how significant that was. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'm going, man, I'm going to uh, Cancun somewhere to go party, <laughs> have a good time. Well, it's because this is the thing, right? The thing is, is that when you go, I had to, I learned this. I just learned this. When you go to the outdoors after a long week of pounding it and, and, and aggressiveness and trying to win, you go to the outdoors for relaxation and rejuvenation and tranquility and all those things. That's right. Well, just think about this. I'm in the same space. Black folks want tranquility too. We want to go out and refresh too. We want to do all those things too. The bottom line is black folks don't need permission to do any of those things. None of that. Right. But it sure feels good to be invited yeah. and included to do it. Yeah. And when you think about that, man, you think about a whole race of folks, man, that have not done that and not like, like I ask people all the time, what'd you love about camping? Man, it brings my family together. what you like about backpack? Oh, I like to burn, man. How it feels of accomplishment. what what you like about kayaking? Oh, I love like the, the, taking the water and flipping and all that kind of stuff. It gives me adrenaline. It makes me feel good. Well, you don't think black folks want to feel that? You know, you, 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 black folks want to be challenged. 
Right. You know, want to feel good about their families and things of that nature. All of that is tied into the outdoors, man. Yeah, it's all tied in. It's all tied in. And I want to maybe jumping around a little bit, we can kind of come back to a little bit more about the company, but I'm looking at your shirt. I'm looking at the logo. You and I have had this conversation right before. My fire pit's right outside. Right I understand. The fire is in your logo for a reason. Absolutely. Because it is a thing that brings people together Absolutely. where conversations are had. And you and I have talked about this as well before, and I want to talk about it here again in that I can't think of a better place and a better way to have real Absolutely. life conversations you know I, no walls no laws no and, walls no walls at all yeah i mean None. we we enjoy the we there's a so there's a common interest there's common interest and i need help doing what i'm doing mm -hmm. you may need help what you're mm -hmm. doing you may have made a great meal that i smell yeah, man. but for me you said something i think was was really key that you don't think it's about race, and and I'm I've, I'm I'm kind of right there with you because if 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 I'm at a campsite with you mm -hmm. and we're enjoying some same some similar things, mm -hmm. conversations can be had mm -hmm. that are free, that are flowing, mm -hmm. that are honest. Mm -hmm. That I don't at some point when you invite me in and I invite you in, mm -hmm. there's an honest exchange that can that can ultimately happen. Mm. Well, well, let me just tell you this. This is the thing. I am a 44 year old black male. I love being a black male, dude. I wouldn't trade it for the world because of my different experiences. Right? right. There may be some people that disagree with me when they talk about the outdoor industry being a race thing, but I'm in this industry, man. Right. I've seen, I've been in this industry. I've had some hiccups in a lot, some places, but for the most part, I, it's, it's been, it's been good. Right. Mm. Because what I learned is, is that, um, this campfire, when it illuminates, Man, and 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 it, and it has to be built. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you're watching somebody build a campfire, and they and sometimes, man, it just don't just don't catch on right away, right? And somebody offers you some help. Let me give you a little more kindling, man. Let, let me help blow that thing a, a little bit with you. Yeah, you know. Let me stack them up in a teepee because you got them in crates for them. Right. You know. So now what you're doing is you are having conversation and you're helping one another. A person can be. This is what I love. This is the greatest analysis of I love about the outdoors. We. I'm guilty of this too, but I actually try to help people a lot. When I'm driving and I see somebody on the side of the road, yeah. and I, I, I tend to want to stop and help them, right? But there's a lot of people that ride past all the time. Shoom, 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 shoom. They have a lot of, they love each other. They, 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 they have a lot of love in their hearts. They, they, some of them are very helpful people. If you talk to some of them, they're Mother Teresa type, <laughs> but they still drive past because they got something to do. In the outdoors, when you're on a trail, and somebody just happens to fall down and break their ankle, or man, you are you will almost pick them up and carry them to their destination. Yeah, because you feel that much care about them. That's right. In the outdoors, because they are a part of you. Yeah. Right. It doesn't care if you white, black, green, or yellow, my friend. That's right. And and, and the other thing about the outdoors that I love is this: whether you're driving driving a thirty foot RV, somebody's gonna come out and see that you're struggling to back this thing up, and they're gonna come out, hey. Pull that thing around the side over here now. Go back up that way a little bit. You need some help hooking it up? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? And the, when you're backpacking, I don't care if you're white, black, green, or yellow, man. If when you run out of water. You're thirsty. You're thirsty. <laughs> yeah. You're thirsty. That's right. And you need somebody else. That's right. To help you do that. And this is the reason why I do not like the statement, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm -hmm. I think it probably means well, but that's not really up a true analysis or 
um, thought process that I, I live by. Everybody on earth needs help. From the billionaire to the person who's just scraping by, man, we all need help mm. in some capacity. That's right. right. And so that's why I love the outdoors, man. I've seen it time and time and time and time again, people helping one another. Yeah. And people don't mind helping you. That's right. right. They don't mind it. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of addicted to backpacking. <laughs> that's your thing right that's now. That's my thing, man. I'm taking, I'm going almost 22 miles this weekend after coming off about 10 miles last weekend. Man. So, so let's talk about that trip that you just came off yeah. a little bit. I know yeah. we're kind of jumping around, that's but fine, man, this man. is the way our conversation is going. Right I love on. it. Um, so you, you invited four females mm-hmm. out under the trail right. with a guide that's going with you. Right. Um, none of them know each other. Nobody knows each other. Nope. And you got to tell us a story about your challenge to them. Yep. And then we'll kind of talk through the trip and then, and then yep. the ahas at the end. So what happens is, is that, um, you know, uh, four weeks before that, um, I, so, so how, how it works is this. We are a company. We're not a group. And... We are not a uh, some kind of club. We are a ROI company, a dot com company, mm-hmm. right? That's being said, we don't. We have an arm in our company to take people out, but that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. The reason why we take a lot of people out, especially black folks, take them out, is because we wanted to get number one, get content, and we also want to test our theories. We want to test our truths, our facts, to make sure that these facts are true. Right. So we 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 put it out there and invite folks. Right. We put it out on social media to invite folks. We don't just say black folks come. Right. We just put it out there for anybody. And just so happened that black folks are actually coming. Mm. Right. And so the first trip we did, we have uh, five men. Right. From the ages of 19 to 49. Right. Man, this is this is it was amazing. These guys had never been camping a day in their life. Not once. Never. Wow. Have never carried a backpack. Wow. Right? Have never slept in a tent. None of these things. Right. right? Had never seen this, these woods and never seen anything, but they trusted the person that invited them. They had never known each other. They drove from Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, almost two hours, two and a half hours to get to this place with no knowledge because I wouldn't tell them anything. I said, you got to trust me, man. Come see this thing. Well, they came up. Some of these guys have lifelong lessons on this trip. Mm. Some of these guys are friends right now, right, mm. and ready to go again. Well, I figured, hmm, I got a bunch of sisters. I grew up in a house of, with, with four sisters, right, and two more on the, somewhere else. <laughs> uh, look, I'm a, I, 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 I want to try to figure out this theory. I didn't mean to do this. I just put it out there. I said, uh, does anybody else want to go camping with me this weekend? And I always do it last minute. I, I'll do it on Wednesday to go camping on a Saturday to see if somebody who's really committed, right? And so two ladies inboxed me and said, I like to go. I said, all right, we got two ladies. I said, okay, cool. And then another young lady uh, I invited, um, she, had a, she had told me a week before that she want to try it, but she, had, she, she wants to take her daughter who's in college. And they want to have an, a, a vacation and have an experience. So I called her and I invited her and a little coercing to get her to go. Um, it was good because, again, this is fearful. And so now we have four ladies wow. from, again, same economic situation. You know, we have a 25-year-old to a 49-year-old and two in between, right? Um, we have an attorney all the way down to a student. And when we first 
arrived at the uh, campground. We set up everything, all right? And they looked around. They saw the tent set up. They were like, oh, this is amazing. And so then we said, let's go adventure. It's time to go adventure. So we, we were at Sam Knob, and uh, we, we ventured down, kind of walked down the path, saw a nice little place, and it was going good. Everybody was, like, laughing, having a good time, right? <laughs> it's kind of my, like my first time, because that's what I did my first time on a 15-mile hike the first time I went, right, in mm. Panthertown Valley, right? Wow. And so I get there. We take them on this. We take them down with, our, with my we, – we have a guide, which is he, uh, he's a part of our company. Uh, he's an amazing fellow. He's our chef. He's wow. also the photographer. He's a guide, and he knows what he's doing. So we get down there, and he says, uh, all right, we're going to go a little further. So we went down into the valley, right? And the valley was so amazingly beautiful. But then there's something that we had to tell the ladies. Just like in life, you have a choice. You have a choice to go down the easy road, or you have a choice to go the tough road. The easy road, I share with them, you can look at the folks, tons of people going to the easy road, right? They're just walking, just going up, you know? It was easy. There were not very many folks going to the top of Sam Knob's summit, mm. right? There was not many, right? And so we gave the ladies a choice, and they came back with the choice of they want to go atop a 6,000-foot mountain. Wow. And I honestly, I was hoping that they said that. But in my mind, I was thinking probably they were going to go the other way because it you know, it's scary. And so when they s decided to take the trip on the mountain, then another thought came, this is going to be tough. And I said to them that once we start this, we're going to finish. No turning back. No turning back. We're going to finish. We're going to take some breaks. We're going to hike our hike, and we're going to camp our camp. But we're going to finish. So get that in your mind. <laughs> A quarter of a mile into this, boy, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> About a half a mile in, it was tough. <laughs> Tougher. I mean, to the point. You getting cussed out? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, I think <laughs> it was doing it in their head. Like, man, what have we gotten ourselves yeah. into from the man that we trusted? Yeah, I don't trust who this said guy he was going to do this to us? <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man, it was. So when, when we started to go through some tough patches, Something happened significant. There was a young man on the trail. He saw our shirts, and he said, he said, Black Folks Camp, too, that's a really cool shirt, man. That's really cool. That's really, that's really, that's a really nice. And so one of the young ladies had on one of the Black Folks Camp 2 shirts. She said, you really like the company? She took it off because she had another shirt on and gave it to him. Oh, wow. Wow. Right? Gave it to him. And, and there's a story behind that where she gave it to him. And, and that, to me, was the shit. It proved our point. That black folks in the outdoors, yes, it's an anomaly, but folks want to see us out there. See it. It's so good to see it, man. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So we get atop, we finally make it atop this mountain. And just like the ladies, man, we were emotional. Mm. Because when you're at the bottom of a mountain in your life and you got to get over to the other side, mm. and people are encouraging you to get over to the other side. And you finally make it with the people that are encouraging you to get to the other side on top of the mountain. There's a ray of there's there's moments of just pure, pure happiness, which causes you to be quite emotional. Yeah. And it was a it was a uh, a moment of accomplishment. 
I felt proud mm, for yeah, these women. You should, yeah. I felt proud. And not because I encouraged them. I felt proud because they decided to take the challenge. Yeah. And not only that, on the way down, which sometimes is probably the toughest thing to get down because your legs, right? We gave them a cho- choice to want to go on some more. And they said, well, we we don't really want to go on too much because we knew one of the hikers or packers was having a little tough time. So they, they had made a decision they were going to turn back, you know, and just go on to the campground. Well, the one hiker, the packer, who was having a tough time, she said, let's go on further. I like it. Right? Man, that's and, and to me, those are life lessons, my friend. They are. They that's are. That's what they are. You know, there was a time that I remember very distinctly, and it's an emotional, and it's sort of one of those stories that sort of hangs with you. We did a 17-mile canoe uh, overnight canoe trip in Missouri, mm-hmm. and the very first day, this is where we put everything into the boat. We had our food. We had our grills. We had firewood. We had everything with us. It mm-hmm. was all self-contained, and so... About, I don't know, the first hour or so of the first day, this this uh, person, uh, it was a female. Mm-hmm. She was a uh, an instructor at the University of Tennessee. She was tired. I mean, you can tell that she was, you beat. felt like she was completely beat and felt dejected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then she, for, it seemed like forever. You know, why don't these things have motors? Why can't we have an engine on these? Right. And she just kept on and on and on. And so we got through that day. We got through the night. And you could tell that she was kind of getting it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... At the end of the second day, we're about an hour from the from the takeout. And I was running sweep that day, so it was my responsibility to stay behind everybody right. and make sure everybody kind of came leading in. from so behind. Leading from behind. My friend. And, and, and so I noticed her. She kept falling behind. And so I'd have to stop paddling. And I would – and after a few times, I, I just kind of paddled over to her. And I knew what she was experiencing. Mm-hmm. Because you had done, you had experienced it. I had experienced the it. Same way. Right. So I get out there and I simply, I pull up beside her and she's just kind of looking around and she doesn't want the trip to end. And right. I, I just said, you know, you remember that question that you asked me yesterday? Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me and she just, she just kind of smiled and we never said anything about it. Right. But she knew that she had answered her own question. Absolutely, man. It's those challenges. It's those things that sort of push us to be of, or, you know, above and beyond that. And you and I know this. We've experienced it, but it's just what the outdoors can do for us. It, it, it is. It, it, it's the other thing, too, man. When you when you go on a journey like those ladies did or like I did in Panther Town, like the guys did up top uh, Match Patch up in uh, Black Balsam, you, you, you hike. It's almost like a scavenger hunt, and I mm-hmm. love that, man. I love that scramble. Like, you got to get there. You can get there in your own time, but you know you need to get there. Yeah, so you, you got to get there at some point. You, you got to get there. So you need to, <laughs> let's hurry it up, right? But but it, it just felt, it feels good. And I'm, I'm a, I, I am a, uh, I'm a competitive guy. Well, I, I'm competitive, man. So, so what listeners don't know, or yeah. maybe they do if they yeah. know you yeah. and they're listening yeah. in on this, but we're talking, there's, there's two, there's two former athletes here. You have uh, one sitting across from yeah. me and that's Mr. Yeah. Earl. He's a uh, big time football player yeah. at Appalachian yeah. State. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely competitor and right hard on those guys. So, right on. Yeah. And so I like, I like to compete. I still race 18 year olds right now and beat them. Nice. Right. I still like to do that. Well, so the, 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 for me, like for instance, I'm going on this trip, um, um, doing some tr- camping on the AT this weekend. And um, 22 miles is a lot, man. That's a lot, brother. It's a lot. But I got to tell you what, I could have turned down the challenge. I could have said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. But and, and I don't need to do it, but I want to do, do it. it. Yeah. I want to do it. Yeah, that's right. I want to do it. I want to do it with the guys that invited me to. 
because I want to make mm. sure they understand. Look, when you invite somebody, when you share some knowledge, and when you help remove fear, nine times out of ten, they'll go. Mm. I did it the first time. I'm doing it now. There's going to be a time when I turn them down. It probably won't be because I'm not challenged. Probably because I have some other stuff to do, <laughs> right? right? But for the most part, I'm going. I'm going with an open mind, open heart. And more importantly, I'm going with the spirit of uh, not just competitiveness, my friend. I'm going with a spirit of love, man, yeah. for the same thing that these guys love. That's right. Right? That's right. So I'm excited. Well, so That's good. So what is on the future? What's on the horizon right. for Black Folks Camp 2? Well, a lot of people ask me that all the time, and I like to share this point with it. People always want to know what do we do, right, and how do we do it. Our job, we're standing the gap, right? Um, being one of the only guys, that, black males in the industry or black men, people, period, in the industry, I can see from the outside and the inside. So I kind of know what the industry needs to do to get more black folks to go camping and then enjoy the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And I know what black folks need to do. I know what we need to do. Um, I know what black folks need to do to really enjoy the outdoors, right? So it's kind of a, I'm kind of a, uh, I, I, we're, we're, we're two-sided tape, right? Mm -hmm. And and so our focus is right now is on both, is to really get the industry to understand that we have to do this and then to get black folks to understand you have to try this. You have to. You, the reason why you have to try it is because of this. Black folks, many black folks don't know that we have been paying taxes on national parks for years and never enjoying them. Mm. And so if you don't want to sugarcoat it, which I don't, right. let's just tell you what it is. Right. You're paying for what it. What really is is that black folks have really been funding a lifestyle for someone else without really even knowing it, right? We've been funding a lifestyle of keeping these green, these trees, these ferns beautiful and keeping the hills clean and all these things. We've been funding all these things for someone else to enjoy them, mm. and we have not enjoyed them. That's the one reason. The second reason is, is this. The more black folks or more people, period, we get to enjoy the outdoors, many experts or say that, well, we just don't need everybody in the outdoors. Well, we shouldn't be charging everybody then. And the reason why they say that is because I can understand why they say it, because they don't want the place to be ran down to the point where people don't care. Well, I have a different theory on that. I believe that we should teach everyone and educate everyone about the outdoors, everyone. And then what will happen is there are more people that fall in love with it. And the more people that fall in love with it, the more people that want to care for it. Mm. And then now you'll have someone, uh, you'll have more people saying, listen, uh, maybe this week I don't go to the park because I've been going for the last four weeks and I love it so much. I don't want to run it down. Mm. So I won't go. Right. Otherwise, what you'll have is if we don't educate black folks about the outdoors, especially during this period in COVID, we're going. We're right. already going. Right. We're going to go because of COVID and we'll go because black folks camp too is, going, is telling us to go. <laughs> right. And so what the industry we have to do is the industry has to prepare folks for the lifestyle. Mm. We, have to, we have to talk about the rules. We have to talk about the rules of engagement also from the parks and services, right? We have to make sure that they know that more black folks are coming. And we need to make sure that they know that our culture is different. And they need to know that we don't necessarily do this. We have to conform to the rules, but the rules have to be laid out to a point where we can understand them. Correct. And that way you won't have miscommunication. Right. If Black Folks Camp 2 as a company, all we did was educate black folks about the outdoors, that's not enough. Mm. 
Now you just you just educating one side almost like you're assuming that the other side knows, and they don't. Because if they did, they would have been invited us all along, right. especially from the ROI perspective, right? Right. And so there's much work to do. Listen, this is a marathon, my friend. Yeah. It's not a sprint. That's right. This is a marathon. And Earl B. Hunter Jr. may not be here um, when it's all said and done where it looks like Another day out in the forest with black folks, white folks, and air, green folks, everybody else in the outdoors. But I have an obligation to my children, 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 mm -hmm. to get it started to the point where I, my, that my grandchildren don't grow up with generational fear like I did in regards to the outdoors. Yeah. Right? Missed a lot, man. We missed a lot. Yeah. That, so one thing I think it's important for listeners to, to understand, too, is that when you and I talked for the very first time, and then subsequently, it was about your legacy. One of the things that's that's important for people to know your heart is that you were recently offered a pretty lucrative yeah. opportunity yeah. in the outdoor camping space. Yeah, I, have, I mean, um, we're yep. talking lucrative, man. Yeah, yeah. But in your heart of hearts, you know your why, and it's bigger it's, than it's, the dollar. It's, it's bigger than that, man. It has to be bigger than that. Look, man, where I come from, I came from the bricks mm. in Columbia, South Carolina. Most people say where I came from, people don't make it out. Mm. Especially not a, uh, a fast-talking uh, uh, guy who uh, most people, before you get to know him, you will be like, man, that guy is an arrogant guy. But really, I'm just confident that I want to get it done, mm. right? Um, but um, the bottom line is, is that my skill set and what I do and how I get it done, I'll be able to take care of my family. Mm. We'll, I'll figure it out, right? We'll figure it out, and what we do, I can go get a job. It'll be great, and da 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 da. When I was offered the opportunity uh, at this company, um, it was just two, three, uh, three weeks ago. Um, I turned it down. I knew I was going to turn it down. Mm. I, I knew it, but it sounded good because as an athlete, you it feels good to be recruited. I'm wanted. Yeah, yeah it feels good to be wanted, and you know, and then you have some commas and zeros behind it. It really <laughs> feels good, right? But the bottom line is, is this. The individual that offered me the position, um, I just didn't think that they understood who I was. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand, even what they read and all the accomplishments, I don't think they truly understand who I am. And um, I, um, my legacy in regards to my, my children is pretty big mm. um, because my children, my children deserve to have the opportunities like everyone else. They may not like the outdoors. They may not even care about camping. They may not even care about taking their dad company and going with them. They may not even want to do none of that. It's my job, not only for my children, but for other folks' children, right? I may, I'm 44, the life expectancy for a black male, I believe is be 73 or 76 years old. Man, I got less than 30 years and probably 15 years in regards to health to make sure that I cement this legacy. And when I'm going on, somebody else picks up or either picks up where I've, where we've, we've, we've stopped or go backwards a bit and <clears throat> thread some more to get it better to move forward. That's good. But you have to start somewhere, man. Yeah. You have to. 
And in this particular individual at the time that offered me the job, I don't think they understood um, that. As a matter of fact, I, 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 it was said that this was, he's, I remember him saying, um, you, you're thinking too wide, man. You, you, you're thinking wide. And I'm like, exactly. We're thinking wide. Mm. Because the bottom line is somebody has to do this. And by the way, Earl B. Hunter Jr. and Black Folks Camp 2, we are not the pioneers of getting black folks to go camping. Sure. Right? Sure. There's somebody before me. There was a young lady who wrote this wrote this beautiful book. Um, I think it was I think it was uh Black Faces and White Spaces. Hmm. Right? It's a pretty cool book. Um, I read many of the excerpts in it. Very intelligent woman in regards to her, and she's brave being able to write that book so long ago. It's been a while ago. And um I just uh feel a sense of gratitude to that person who started it, mm. right? Or these other groups out there who started making headway. Pioneering. But the reason why many of them couldn't really get their foot and drive it because they were not in the industry. Gotcha. And that's kind of where the difference is with me. I, I know the, these guys trust me. They sold into our company. They, I have RV dealers that say, man, we, I know you, Right. And then stroke a check and say, go make it happen, man. You, you're the guy that can get it done, mm. right? You, you, you're not this kumbaya guy, man. You're not the guy <laughs> just come off the street and try to um, take advantage of a situation. You're the guy who can get it done. Yeah. And there are other industry people have said that. We, we get re they reach out to us every day wanting to change this thing and get it right. And um, if anybody's going to do it, I think I can do it. Yeah. I think we can do it. My well, team can do it. I believe it. Right? We have a full staff, and we just – we just want to win, brother. <laughs> we want to see people out there in the outdoors, man. That's right. Right on. So uh, recently, was it last Thursday, I think it was, yep. you all were even mentioned on Backpacker Magazine. They're yeah. doing a nice TV feature. Show. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I watched that. My son's playing collegiate summer baseball, but I had the yeah. uh, the whole YouTube live yeah. going. So I was watching that first episode. There are other companies that, that I know of mm -hmm. um, and that we've spoken about mm -hmm. that are sort of coming alongside <clears throat> yeah. you all. Yeah. Can you... Are you at a point where you can talk about some of those, um, or is that appropriate at this point? Well, I'll tell you about the ones who have uh, come on board. There's, there's some national companies that are that are uh, we're, we're about to be partners with, right? But some of the local companies, I'll give you an example. So um, I always believe this. Listen, you have, to, you have to get support from the people around you first before right. you can actually uh, – uh, so people, all other people um, will, will really sow into you. So, you know, you have the crate, the, the fine, which was also, was, was also known as a crater of forestry in Bavard. Yeah, yeah. Natalie, the young lady who's the director there, man, look, the best of the best. Right. Very nice. And then we have, you know, the Southern Highland, um, Southern Appalachian Highland Conservancy. Service, yeah. Um, they, uh, I met with them uh, last year, right when I got, they saw me speak at the Outdoor Economy Conference. And then, um, so next week, we're going to share. Uh, the good stuff, the good news uh, with some young black children in Asheville, right? Nice. And we're going to do two or three sessions of that, right? And we're going to continue doing that, right? And so we have them and then these RV dealers, you know, they know who I am. They've seen me. Um, we have uh, probably about four or five really pristine, big, big uh, outdoor retail companies wow. who have requested that we lay out a plan for them on how we can help them not only get black customers, but to actually help them 
be more inclusion in regards to their workforce because we're going to have to do that as well. You have to hire people that look like folks to, so they can feel like they're included. Mm. You don't have to, I don't believe in, in just giving folks jobs. I believe in preparing them. And so we have to start at a level at HBCU, yeah, which are yeah. historically black colleges and universities, right? We have to get those individuals in a place where they are learning and understanding about the outdoors. We have to go a little bit deeper to high schoolers and 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 uh, elementary schools and things of that nature, right? And we have to take advantage of those particular opportunities to learn about the outdoors early. And quite frankly, you know, there are a lot of groups out there that um, that get kids into the wilderness and get them into the outdoors, but they haven't been able to get a lot of black folks. And there are reasons why. Mm. There are reasons why. And no one has dug into the reasons why. But we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the nucleus. It's like when you when you uh I remember I think you chew on a jawbreaker, right? <laughs> or one of those candies has that hard shell. That's right. And then it has the has the bubble gum in the middle, baby. Mm. You know, it feels good. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think we're going to get to that. I know we're going to get to that point. Oh, that's so, exciting. And I know so. I can't wait to hear some of the other partnerships. I know yeah. I'm just on the fringes of it, and I yeah. know some of the people that you're talking to. And it's yeah. it, it will, um, I won't say rock the outdoor industry, yeah. but it's going to make a major impact because these are huge players huge player. worldwide. We got, we got one huge player, though. Honestly, we're going to speak to uh, – I speak to him on Thursday. Um, and, um, and I said to them, um, we either going to talk that talk or we're going to walk that walk, right? You either want to see black folks in the outdoors or you don't. And see, my thing is, I'll be honest with you, you either you either do or you don't. And if you do, we're going to have to. It's just like training, man. It's like training as an athlete. The summers, the springs, the winter workouts do not feel good. No. They don't feel good. But you need them. You have to have them to build your core yeah. so you can go and fight for every down. Right. The last thing I say in that particular space is this. It's better to be on the offense in a space like this than on the defense. The moment you get on the defense, the moment you have to start to explain yourself. Yeah. The moment you're on the offense, you're already making progress. That's right. That's Simple good. That. that is good. Right on, man. Earl, my brother. I'm so glad that you're here in the studio today. I just uh I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Right on, man. Your schedule is busy, packed full. So for the very fact of you to come out of here on a Monday evening, man, is it means the world to me. So right on, brother. It won't be our last conversation. It may be the last one over a microphone. Right. Who knows? We may have to do this again. Right. We will right. do this we're again. Do it again. We're gonna do it again. There's progress. But you know, the the thing about it is just so we'll have more communication and more followers. Let me do this for you. Our website is Black Folks Camp Two. The word folks is very, very important. Black folks camp two. The word two is very, very important. It means also. also. So it doesn't mean divisive or you're trying to change something or you're uh you you guys are just riding the wave or you're doing we man, if I could show you some of the emails we get uh, as a company, I'm like, wow, man. man you were doing this long before yeah, we are where we are way today. Way before that. Yeah. Even if we were doing it during this time, it's yeah. it'd still be fine. It'd still be here because right? that was this was right. last August. Right. This the 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 the, the word to mitigates everything right, because right. it's a true statement. That's man. right. It's a true black folks do camp. Yeah. And I've been meaning to tell you this, but over um, the Fourth of July, yeah, we that was my father's birthday, so we went up into uh, Pisgah Forest, yeah, and we I knew where we were going. I'm not going to say it live here, but because right, <laughs> right, there right. was a road that 
you got to have four wheel drive to get yeah, to. Yeah, Not yeah. a lot of people. That, but man, every single pullover that you you passed, mm-hmm. it was the most black folks, black folks that I have ever, ever seen. seen. And and I remember, I remember making a comment. Mm-hmm. And this is conversations for a whole nother time, but. The, the, there was a time when when I might not have wanted to say, you know, look look, there's there's black another folk. black color, but this was good, yeah, because you and I have have had these conversations, and that's what we're hoping for and, more and, of. What happens is, see, when we get in our own world, Mike, is this man, this when we get in our own world, and we all we see is one shade, all in the spaces that we love. We almost get tunnel vision. We don't want to see we we don't want to see anything else. But then when we do see something, that we're like, aha, that's good. That's beautiful. That's good. That's yeah. amazing. And come on, more people. Yes. When we get in trouble is when we say stuff like this. Well, the outdoors has been open, man. People, nobody kept black folks out. That's what we don't. That's because you don't know the history, right? Right. Um, or systemically the history. Right. Listen, I for one are not beating up on white folks because of our past, man, in regards to the outdoors. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not bashing in that space, right? But I will say this. I believe that that's why our social media is so open. That's mm-hmm. why we have just as many black folks and white folks on there, man, yeah, yeah. because it's going to take all of us, man. Black folks have to learn these terrains, yeah, right? Yeah. We have to, have to trust folks to take us in these terrains. And when you're trusting people that don't look like you, or more so the same folks that look like the people that your great-grandparents told you don't deal with in the outdoors, when those particular individuals are mean well and they're showing you the route, it's going to bring us closer and closer and closer no doubt. together. No doubt. Simple as that. No doubt. I mean, that's. I think that's a beautiful way to that's sort it, of man. to bring it to an end. Now, you've already given us your website, yep. but you are on Facebook and you're also on Instagram. Social, all social media on Instagram, we're uh, Facebook, we're on Twitter. We don't do as much on Twitter as we probably should, but we, you know, we're growing our business right now. We're growing it through uh, social media, and it's growing beautifully. Yeah. You know, we I like all your listeners to go to our social media page. There's one page that we do have where you have to you have to be invited. That's the one we use for data. Okay. Right. And but but the, our, our the one that we have all the followers on Black Folks Camp too. You'll know it because you'll see our logo. And again, the folks part is very important. Black folks camp too, right? Mm. And um, we, we 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 focus on a lot, man. When you go to our website, we can take you from top to bottom. You can go to our website and be a beginner camper or a person who just want to learn to camp, mm. and you'll get all the information you need right there on that website. Yeah. yeah. And, and the website's good. There's a lot of great little videos on it. You Appreciate have some it, good write-ups from some stories. Right on. Um, I don't know if you have the link on there to the backpacker thing, but I, I think we're going to put it on there. We're going to put that thing on there next week. Okay. Right. We, we, we have the... Uh, we have to drag out our content because, honestly, we've been getting a lot of content lately, right? And I believe that we have to stretch it out. Listen, we would love for our company to continue to grow organically mm. because what I believe is the individuals that with you at with you at the bottom, they develop a love for you at the top. Yeah. They, they develop admiration for you that you've gone through a battle, just yeah. like going onto that mountain, right? That's right. Um, I, just, I just believe that people want to see us do well, and they're going to help us. That's right. good. They're going to help us, man. Absolutely, brother. So, well, listen, man, um, we're at the end of this conversation right on, on the mic, but it won't be the end of our conversation. My man. I appreciate you being here. I love it. I love right what on. you're doing. I love everything y'all stand for. Right. And, uh, man, I'm enjoying getting to know you too, brother. And, and, and by the way, everyone, uh, I, I said this to Mike. Uh, Mike married up, okay? <laughs> Outkick my he coverage. He outkicked this coverage, man. She's <laughs> wonderful. And, um, and, um, and so 
obviously he has to be a good fella and all that kind of good stuff because otherwise I think she'd probably be gone. That's right. So, but um, with that being said, um, thank you, my friend. I thank you. It. Right on. Thank you, brother. I am not sure that it would be possible to listen to Earl and not be motivated and encouraged at some level. He truly understands his why. I love how he's focused on leaving a legacy, not for himself, but for his family's sake and for advancing the mission of getting more black individuals and families in the outdoors so that they can build more memories and strengthen family bonds. I know it would also do Earl's heart good to see, as he says, black, white, yellow, or green, sitting around a campfire, connecting and talking about the deeper things of life. Earl and his team are on a mission, and I'm excited to continue following their journey. Be sure to visit their website, blackfolkscamp2.com, as well as their other social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram. Also, be sure to check out our website, as always, explorationlocal.com for show notes, links, and great pictures. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date with all of our recent explorations. And until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local.